0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Well, welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you are tuned in to today's program. It is the 27th of March, uh, Monday. We're starting a new work week. And so, I want to welcome all of you throughout the country, even international listeners. I know from England from the Philippines are listed as listening in right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado with you, and so blessed to be with you always as I host uh the show on Mondays and Tuesdays, and your host for the next hour, so you just heard that number where you can call in. And the call-in number is 303-690-3000. You can ask questions and you can give your prayer requests. Maybe you got a question uh, concerning a certain verse in the Bible or maybe a Bible study that you heard. Maybe uh, what is our Christian view uh, on certain things that are going on, uh, our world Christian view. Uh, how do do we react to the things that we see taking place so give me a call 303-690-3000 is that call-in number we got all open lines right now so grab one of those open lines and then there's another way for you to be able to communicate a uh, question or a prayer request to me that's through a dedicated text line and that text line is 720-336-0897 and as we have a pause in the phone calls We'll go to the text lines, but 720-336-0897. And so we invite you to uh, give a prayer request or ask a question through the text line. Um, And we don't always answer all the um, text questions. Uh, We don't always um, take the time to pray for the prayer request. But I do know this, that that dedicated text line is a 24-7 prayer line that there is a prayer team at Calvary Church in Aurora that they will be praying for you, and I think it's a wonderful resource. So all open lines right now today, this Monday, 27th of March, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Give me a call. Pray you're doing well. Uh, Those of you listening live on Grace FM, Colorado, along the Front Range, two different stations, 101.7 in Southern Colorado and and Pueblo and Fountain and, and Colorado Springs, got a lot of good uh friends down there, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Uh you guys are just it's great to hear from you guys. So give me a call. Love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. And then also uh eighty nine point seven in northern Colorado from uh about uh Castle Rock and and Parker up north through the metro area, up through the front range in the southern Wyoming welcome. Got a lot of snow this morning up here in northern Colorado. About six, eight inches here in Greeley and a little bit more in Fort Collins. So it looks like the roads are pretty cleared. The thing about a spring snowstorm is that the roads clear quickly. The snow's already melted off the parking lot and uh, good moisture for us. But be careful if you're on a commute home and uh, out and about and just want you to uh, take extra precaution as some of those uh, side streets are perhaps uh, spots are slick and uh, just want to be aware. So, so glad that you guys um, are uh, listening in. Want to welcome all of you who are listening in. Also, uh, Radio by Grace, so many stations across the United States. And I also just want to express uh, just my heartfelt uh, sympathy and sor- sorry, sorry, uh, sorrow for you in Nashville. I know that Radio by Grace uh, has. I think two uh, stations in Nashville uh, hearing about this afternoon the shooting uh, at a Christian school and six that were killed, uh, it just breaks our heart, and we want to pray for you. Uh, Our hearts go out to you. Um, Even uh, as we think about in Mississippi, we have listeners in Mississippi, uh, Biloxi, and other places, uh, but uh, north of you there was devastating tornadoes that went through your state, Uh, two dozen people killed uh, one tornado on the ground for over an hour, a hundred miles. Um, just a lot of sorrow, a lot of prayer needs. And so why don't we take the time just to pray right now, Lord, I just, I want to pray for those in Nashville, um, uh, as we hear of another shooting, uh, is, um, there's children that aren't going to come home to their parents, to their families, um, there are adults that aren't going to come home to their families, how it's devastating uh, to a community, to a school. Um, so we pray for your comfort. We pray that uh, you would be with those who are there to, to counsel, to bring comfort, uh, the chaplains, uh, the first responders. Um, it, it's just it's so senseless, and, and we hear it going on all the time. And, Lord, we are in perilous times, uh, just as the Bible said. And so, Lord, we need your help, even as the psalmist would write in Psalm 46, that you are a refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble, and that you are the one that we can turn to, to find stability. And, Lord, to keep us safe, Lord, keep us safe in our schools, our kids, uh, in our churches, Lord, um, our communities. Uh, We need a... Uh, revival of your Holy Spirit, um, just bringing the gospel to others, people's hearts being changed. Uh, It's so overwhelming. But Lord, we just commit this time to you and those who are hurting very, very much, those in Mississippi, um, that uh, whole towns were devastated uh, by tornadoes. And uh, Lord, when we're confronted with those things that we don't understand, we can fall back on what we can understand, and that is that you're there with us you're you're here you hear us and lord that even as we are in that season where uh, we are going to be looking at the crucifixion here shortly of Jesus on good friday and and then the living hope that we have through your resurrection uh, lord we we want to go there and and lord that know that you did have given us hope so we just commit these things to you and it's in Jesus name that we pray Amen. So we're praying for you. If you're listening in Nashville, we're thinking about you, any of you in Mississippi, we're praying for you as well. And and if, if you need prayer, please give me a call. we got a couple open lines. We're going to go to the phone lines here in just a bit, but grab one of those open lines. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, let's encourage each other. Let's bring comfort to one another through His Word and just by praying, uh, because as I pray, you join in with those prayers. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Just a quick shout-out to Hope FM and Truth FM on the East Coast and Higher Rock Radio in Idaho. You're a week delayed, but all the online listeners across the United States, um, again, you can call at that number that I just gave to you. And we got a couple open lines. So let's go to Aurora. Hello? Hi, you're on Calvary Live. Are you there, Antone? I don't know if Antone is there. He wants to know what does the Bible say about marijuana. And um, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and answer that. And Antone, I don't know if we just didn't connect or whatever, if um, he had to drop. But uh, the Bible doesn't specifically address marijuana, but it does have a lot to talk about uh, our minds. And we're in the book of Philippians on Sunday morning, and Paul talks about a lot about renewing your mind, having the mind of Christ. But in the book of Ephesians, uh, I want to read it to you. Um, and I, I guess he dropped, but I hope you're listening in tone, because this is very important. Sometimes people will say, can I smoke marijuana because it's legal? Or can I you know, go out and drink? Drinking is illegal. We know that there's a sin of drunkenness, but also um, as we talk about marijuana, um, here's the thing about influencing your mind, and and Paul would write that in Ephesians chapter five, that see that you walk circumspectly, that is carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil, and therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, which is the dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So the Bible says that we're not to be drunk with wine. Um, were to walk carefully, we don't want our minds to be influenced by alcohol. We don't want it to be influenced by marijuana or drug. We want to be filled with the Spirit. It was in the book of Leviticus where uh, Aaron's two sons, uh, Nabat and Abihu, they offer profane fire to the Lord. And it, there's a whole study in that. They're at the tabernacle, and they were consumed with fire. But the Lord came to Aaron and said, Listen, Aaron, your remaining two sons, when you guys go into the tabernacle, into the Holy of Holies, make sure that you're not intoxicated with wine. And the implication there was that they had been intoxicated with wine. And the Lord said, Aaron, so you can discern what is holy, what is unholy, what is clean, what is unclean. Uh, what, is, what is good and, and, and right? And what is not? We don't want to be under the influence where we can't determine what is true, what is false, what is holy, what is unholy, what is clean, what is unclean. And we want to have the mind of Christ, and we want to be under the control of the Holy Spirit, not under the control of the substance. So, Antone, I hope that, that that answers you. I hope it encourages you, um, because I know a lot of people struggle with that, and, um, and even with addiction with alcohol and things like that. And we want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Um, we want to walk carefully, and, and uh, we want to redeem the time because there's so many things out there that will pull us away from the Lord and influence our minds. So, um, anyway, uh, hopefully that uh, that helps out. Couple open lines. Jeff Figs, the Calvary Chapel Greeley, with you. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. The text line seven two zero three three six Oh, eight, nine, seven. We're going to go to Wisconsin. Eric. Eric.
2: Hello, sir. Hi- Hello, sir. How you doing today?
3: Ah, I'm good. Thanks for calling.
2: Oh, hey, man. Good to hear. Um, we just had a little thing brought up in our uh, shirts. Of, uh, excuse me. Excuse me a second. Sir. I had something in my throat. I apologize. But, um, That's we were okay. Wondering, we were wondering if we still have to follow... The biblical dietary laws, or are we no longer required to?
3: Yeah, we're no we're no longer required to uh, follow the dietary laws, and we see that in the in the um, New Testament. Uh, we know that um, even as Peter would see that sheet of unclean animals and was told to rise and eat. And uh, Peter said, I've never eaten anything unclean. And the Lord said, don't call unclean what I've cleansed. And I know that has the primary meaning of going to the Gentiles. But I do know this, that all things have been declared um, for us to, to eat with thanksgiving. And uh, he says that in this First um, Timothy chapter 4, uh, he would say that, Uh, And this is interesting. He says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, and speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth." So we're told that we are ones that we receive food. Uh, we're to give thanks for it, and that we are not under the dietary law. We are not under the law of the Old Testament. Um, and so we are free to eat, uh, you know. And Paul talks also about that in our liberty, uh, I believe, in Romans chapter 14. You guys might want to look at that chapter as well. Speaking of our liberty in Christ— and um, let me read it to you. Romans chapter 14, um, he says that he who observes the day observes it to the Lord. Um, As he's talking about one person esteems one day above another, Uh, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And he who does not observe a day to the Lord, he does not observe it. And he who eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord does not eat and gives God thanks. So in our liberty, we have the right to, to eat, so um, we're not under the dietary laws.
2: All right, sir, that, that uh, clarifies everything I need to know. I appreciate it, and you have yourself a great week.
3: Okay, so in your discussion, you can read First Timothy chapter 4, and then uh, Romans chapter 14, okay?
2: All righty, that helps out a lot. You have a great
3: day, sir. You too. Thanks for calling.
2: Yep.
3: 303 690 3000 is the call-in number. We're not under dietary laws, so um, if you want to keep the dietary laws, that's between you and the Lord, but as Christians, we're not under the dietary laws. You know, one of the things that's really important when people say you have to worship on this day or keep the Sabbath or keep the, you know, dietary laws or Whatever the case may be, I think a good reference also is in Acts chapter 15. And Paul was dealing with uh, those who were coming in saying, You have to keep the law. You have to be circumcised. You have to keep the law of Moses. And in the early church, they were struggling with this. You know, what do we tell the Gentile believers? Do they have to keep the law of Moses? Do they have to be circumcised? and as the leaders gathered together Paul and Barnabas and Silas uh, came from Antioch and they came to Jerusalem to meet with Peter and and James and and John and those guys uh but they they came to the conclusion that this is what we're going to tell those gentile believers we're going to write to them and say abstain from things polluted to idols from uh, immorality from things strangled and from blood in other words uh those things that were dedicated to Idols for the sake of sensitivity and love to the Jewish believers and immorality, because they were coming out of that, out of the pagan uh, worship that they, you know, idol worship. And so he doesn't say anything. Uh, They don't say you have to keep the Sabbath, you have to uh, keep the dietary law. So it's an important study for us as we are under um, the, uh, you know, liberty of Christ and under grace, and uh, we're free to eat. you know those cheeseburgers and, and things like that, um that uh we enjoy eating and to do it with Thanksgiving. Three zero three six nine oh three thousand, the call in number, text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Uh let's go to Tom in Michigan. Tom? Hello. How are you?
2: Doing good. Yeah you? Good. I'm good. All right. Um I was wanted to follow up on the fellow who called in about the marijuana in the Bible, and I agreed with what you said on it, and my concept, my, what I'm concerned about, I guess, is when I hear people, especially pastors, and calling questions like that, it's about the marijuana, well, we don't want to be influenced, and yeah, I know it's legal, and alcohol, and these things are destructive, and I see prescription medicine that way. As yeah. outside sure. chemical influence, and yet it's never mentioned. And the idea of going to a doctor is something I haven't done in seven years, um, for that very reason. And I'm wondering if we could go a little farther on um, the things that go into a body. Isn't what defiles a man? It's what comes out of him. Yeah,
3: yeah, Not and that, that was there, th- because I'm yeah. Hello Tom. Yeah, and you know Tom, that's you know the thing about it that's when the the Pharisees came and they asked Jesus about that, why don't you wash, you know, like we wash in traditions and Jesus was answering them directly on that. But you know there's a lot of discussion on this, you know, mer- medical marijuana, you know, prescriptions and stuff. And I always encourage people because I'm not a doctor, you know, write those questions down, talk to your doctor about it, ask good questions. And get good medical advice concerning those things. But uh, uh, the question we didn't have a discussion at the beginning of the show. Uh, Usually, when it's people that, you know, is it okay for me to, to smoke marijuana, to drink those things for, you know, pleasure or for, you know, when I go out with my friends and things like that. So, medical issues, you know, be wise, talk to your doctor, get the advice of doctors and ask those questions that you might have. So, appreciate you calling and um, it's something that is between a person's doctor and themselves and what it is that they're putting into their body. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Miami. You're on Calvary Live. Hello. How are you? You're on Calvary Live.
2: I I called to... have. Um, Pray having problem
3: with pornography. The strong life. Okay, I think you cut out there a little bit. You know, I'm gonna pray for you. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem even in the church. It's a huge problem not only with men, but with women as well. And I just want to encourage you without going into the discussion of everything. But every means that you have to be able to pull up um, those things that are going to defile you and pornography and stuff, get rid of it. Just get rid of it and um, and deal with it. Jesus said, deal with sin radically. And that's what he said. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Now, he is not talking about bodily mutilation. um, So don't think that that's what he's saying. Um, He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. What he's saying is deal with the sin seriously, radically. Uh, get rid of those things that are going to cause you to sin. And, and the thing about uh, you know pornography, uh, those kinds of things, is it's easily uh, pulled up uh, by a touch of a button. And I think that you know a person who has those problems and, and addicted to those things has to deal with it. Uh, in a very serious, serious manner, because otherwise he's going to do you in and wipe you out. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, you know, get rid of those things. Get a flip phone if you have to. They still have some of those things. And um, be sure to take those precautions and then fill your mind with the Lord. Again, uh, Paul talks about it a lot in the book of Colossians, those prison epistles, Ephesians, in the book of Philippians, having the mind of Christ, being renewed. Um, by uh, the Spirit in your mind. It is really important, all of us that are listening right now, what it is that we put into our minds. And we need to be filling our minds with the Word of God. We're to hold every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ is what Paul would write to the Christians. And then also we are to be ones um, that we're not to set our eye, eyes on things that are uh, unclean. And even as David made a covenant uh, with the Lord, I won't set my eyes on that, which is unclean. And we need to be practical and and, um, be serious, and we need to pray for God's help. And so, Lord, I pray for my brother. It's a problem, and he recognized it. And, uh, I, Lord, I just pray that he would take those steps to put those things away and fill his mind, uh, not with images that are going to, uh, defile his heart and pollute him. Um, but Lord images um, that he fills his mind with the word of God and the things of God, taking in the praises of God. And, and I pray that uh, he would take the heart as we are to walk in the light, we are to walk in wisdom, uh, we are to walk in truth, um, that you would just help him to do that and free him from this. The, the, the temptation that he would know that he's free not to sin, that that as Christians, that we are to reckon it to be so, that we're to yield ourselves over as bodies of uh, righteousness um, and instruments of righteousness unto you. So I pray that you would do that. And I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, just help him, free him, uh, deliver him. And he would be one that would be speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs making melody in his heart to the Lord, uh, to you, not caught up in the things of the world. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. All right, brother, we'll be praying for you. Okay. Three oh three six nine oh three thousand is the call-in number. Big problem. Big problem with people today. Is it's all around us. It's so easily accessible Um, to to determine in your heart, I am not going to... Pull those things up and yield your body's uh, uh instrument of righteousness, as Paul would write in Romans chapter 6. Reckon it to be so. It's a counting term. You're free from sin. Man, you identify with Christ. You're free from sin. Walk in that freedom and fill your mind with the things of the Lord and um, the praises of the Lord. It's so important that we do that. A uh, couple open lines, 303 690 text line 720 336 Oh let Let's go to Texas. Chris? Hi, Chris. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm well, thank you. Um, thank you for calling. This? Oh, thank you. Um, well, I love your show. It's, it's wonderful. Um, so I'm a born-again Christian and raised in Southern Baptist tradition and churches, and I don't think we ever studied it or any, anybody ever said anything. But what exactly is it the Jewish people are waiting on in their Messiah? Why didn't they accept Christ as the Messiah? And what do they say is supposed to happen? What are they watching for?
3: Well, you're asking good questions. And unfortunately, a lot of churches don't really speak about um, the restoration of Israel, in time prophecy, what it is that's going to take place on a prophetic calendar. And we do know that they rejected the Messiah. Um, and Jesus wept over Jerusalem. And I, I think I was just looking at this. It reminds me of what I was uh, reading in Luke's Gospel because this Sunday is Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It's interesting, isn't it, Chris, that we call it the triumphal entry? Uh, I was telling my congregation this on Sunday uh, when he rode into Jerusalem, and the whole city was in an uproar and And waving the palm branches and crying out, "Hosanna, blessed is he mm-hmm. who comes in the name of the Lord." His real triumphal entry is going to be when he comes back um in mm-hmm. the second coming of Jesus Christ but jesus he would weep over Jerusalem, and he wept over them because he says that you know you're going to be destroyed, they're going to build an embankment around you, and they're going to lead you away by the edge of the sword and captive by all the nations in Jerusalem be trampled. By Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. He would also, in the other synoptic Gospels, he would weep over Jerusalem saying, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you to myself as the mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing, and you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." So he's speaking of a time. He says, you're not going to see me anymore, how I long to gather you, but there is going to be a time where you're going to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we do know that if if you go to, what's interesting, if you go to Israel today um, and we take tours to Israel, you can see banners sometimes around the old city that says, get ready, Messiah is coming. But if you talk to the Jews there in Israel about the coming of Messiah, they're not really looking for, Uh, someone who's deity. They're looking for a man who's going to help them with their problems, keep them safe. They're tired of war. uh, That's going to bring prosperity to the nation. That's who they're looking for. They're kind of looking for a political leader, kind of like a David. That's who they're looking for. And we know that in the prophetic um, calendar that the Jews will go through the tribulation period. Daniel talks a lot about this in his prophecies, because Daniel focuses on the Jews. And in the 70th week of Daniel, that seven-year period, we will see that they will go through the tribulation period. And at the end, then what will happen is that their eyes will be opened up, and they will realize that their their Mashiach, Messiah, is Jesus. And Zechariah chapter 12 speaks of that, that they will mourn for him. Uh, we know that um, at that time they will receive him as he comes back and uh, he'll gather them together and then he will usher in his kingdom he'll judge the nations and then he will uh, restore the nation of israel at that time
1: okay well thank you so much i I absolutely didn't know anything about that okay
3: yeah yeah that's 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 what it is so good studying the book of revelation daniel daniel's the forerunner to the book of revelation And Daniel, I I love Daniel because he really focuses on his people. And that prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel are really important to understand the timetable that there's still a seven-year period that God's going to be emphasizing the nation of Israel and the Jews, and they will recognize him eventually as their Messiah. So you hear the music. Hey, got all open lines, 303-690-3000. Give me a call. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. Welcome
0: back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you on this Monday. It's the 27th of March, and we are entering into a very special time of the year. We're getting close to, uh, you know, Holy Week and um, Palm Sunday. Um, uh, we have Good Friday coming up and Resurrection Weekend, of course. And so I want to encourage you that you invite somebody out to. Uh, resurrection weekend to to your church. Many churches are they are adding services. They are uh, having good Friday services. Maybe even and Thursday, a midweek of some sort. Palm Sunday, uh, we're going to be going over Jesus cleansing the temple this Sunday. Uh, usually, you know, Palm Sunday is a message on Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, but. Um, we're going to look at the cleansing of the temple. We'll talk a little bit about um, His triumphal entry. But uh, invite somebody. You know, Pray about who you might invite, because people are more open to come at this time of the year than any other time. Good Friday, we're going to have a noon service uh, here at Calvary Greeley, and then four services on Resurrection Weekend, and that is at 6 o'clock on Saturday, and then 8, nine thirty, and 11 o'clock. be in luke's gospel looking at the resurrection of jesus christ the greatest news that ever has been proclaimed and that is jesus christ is alive he rose from the grave the tomb is empty and now we have a living hope and it's a message that we need especially in the day in which we are in because there's so much sadness there's so much uh, going on it's overwhelming when we hear the shootings when we hear the violence tornadoes ripping through whole cities. People um, are really are really um, going through it right now. I think that more than ever, people are anxious and confused and wondering where everything is headed. Well, it, it, we know that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we want to just uh, tell people that good news, um, that God didn't leave us without any hope. So invite somebody out uh, to your church. Uh, to resurrection weekend, good friday, one, uh, palm sunday, holy week services that are coming up and looking forward to what the lord is going to do. Got an open line 303-690-3000 is the call in number. The text line is 720-336-0897 you can text a question or a prayer request. But let's go to Frederick, Colorado to Rosemary. Hi Rosemary. Rosemary, are you there? Okay, Rosemary, she had a prayer request, and uh, maybe she just uh, dropped. Rosemary, you there? Okay, we're going to go ahead and pray for Rosemary. Uh, she uh, had a fall in uh, soreness and can't stand, so Lord, we do pray uh, for Rosemary. We just pray that you would just minister to her. Uh, she fell. Uh, she can't stand Um And I just pray that you would just minister to her uh, in bringing healing, her soreness and everything else. And Lord, just touch her body, make her strong. In Jesus' name, amen. So Rosemary will be praying. And uh, sorry we didn't connect, but know that we're praying for you. Uh, Let's go to Stephanie in Kentucky. Stephanie, are you there? How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
3: Good. Thank you for calling.
1: Um, Yeah, I actually had a couple questions, but I can ask one of them, ask another later. But um, that scripture that says um, many or that few are chosen, is that a noun or an adjective in the original Greek?
3: (laughs) You're asking the worst English student in the world. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, You know, when Jesus said that, You know, he's talking about, um, you know, the disciples were always arguing about who's the greatest, um, who's the greatest in the kingdom, and Jesus, um, he uh, would be teaching them about greatness. They expected to be rewarded, so he also would tell parables, and I don't know if that's, um, in. I'm just kind of going from the, um, you know, top of my head. Uh, When he told that parable, the workers uh, coming to the vineyard to work, and they were all Paid the same, and um, it speaks of God's grace. Um, he, we know that uh, Jesus talked a lot about um, those who um, were called to come to the wedding feast, um, but they didn't come, and so they went out to the highways and the byways, and they called. and And I think what Jesus is saying in that that uh, many are chosen, but uh, you, you know, um, few actually come. Uh, many are called but few are chosen that there are many people that don't accept the gospel they don't accept the invitation to come to christ they reject it they got excuses like jesus told in the parables the one who says i got to go buy land that i haven't looked at or team of oxen that i haven't looked at and so jesus would speak about that particularly um at the end of his ministry and he also would speak about it pertaining to the religious leaders uh, Israel, that um, you know, that it was the king that uh, had the invited guests. They didn't come, so now he sends out his servants to the highways and the byways, and speaking of the Gentiles. So I think that's the main thrust of what's being uh, talked about there.
1: Okay, <laughs> thank you.
3: <laughs> but verber now, I'd have to look that up. So well, I guess hopefully, it makes that- a
1: difference to me. In other words, that many are called, but they. But they don't get chosen is a verb would be a verb like they are called but then they're not chosen. It's like ah, well, but if it's an adjective, it's like many are called but few are chosen people because their own election they they did yeah. not choose themselves to accept the invitation.
3: Well, and here's the thing: you're dealing with the sovereignty of God, and we're dealing with the election. We're dealing with being chosen. Jesus said to his disciples that you didn't choose me, I chose you. And Mm -hmm. so the question is, are we chosen or do we have a free will? And I think even in that, that, you know, many are called, but few are chosen. I just said a verse how Jesus wept over Jerusalem. And he said, how I long to gather you to myself, but you were not willing to come. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we do have free will. There is free will, and also God also chooses. The Bible is very clear about that. How does it all work? I, I don't fully understand it because God is sovereign. We have finite minds trying to understand an infinite God, but we do see both sides of the coin that are taught in the Scriptures, that he does choose, and um, he he there is election. It's all based on, um, I think, you know— as we think about it, he has foreknowledge. Isaiah says he knows the end from the beginning. He knows who are going to be his. Um, and But we also know that it is his desire that none should perish, but all come to repentance. And so the sovereignty of God is working in both ways to where he does choose us, um, this sovereign choosing of God. But then also we have the human responsibility of, you know, Responding to the invitation. And a lot of times uh, you look at the scriptures and those verses are put next to each other. Uh, even as we saw in Philippians not long ago on Sunday morning, uh, that Paul was talking about work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, that has a whole lot of uh, human responsibility. He's saying now that you are a Christian, that, you know, take it very serious, respond to your salvation in a way that you're living in godliness. And then the next verse, he says that it is God who works in us both the will and to do of his good pleasure. So there's a lot of God, you know, his sovereignty in that. And Paul puts those two verses together with no problem. So it's something that we can't fully, fully understand. Uh, I know that God chooses, and I know that also that we have responsibility, even as that verse that you just gave, that many are called, but few are chosen. Um, I think that's a good verse to really think about. Um, He chooses, um, but are we—I heard Pastor Chuck Smith say once, are you going to choose to be chosen? Um, And um, we just don't fully understand because we're dealing with the sovereignty of God. We're dealing with the election, predestination, um, the foreknowledge of God. I just rejoice that I am chosen. I really do. And I am very thankful that somebody took the time to give me the gospel message.
1: Yeah, well, I had someone who I knew fell into that predestination. They're like, "Well, I, if I'm not, how do I know if I'm predestined or not?" But I felt like the Lord showed me that scripture about predestination was the how. He pre predetermined before the foundation of the earth that Jesus would uh, that would die for us. It wasn't like okay you know not even like the 144,000 thing you know and all of well, that well but here's he, the thing tell them you know determined how
3: yeah yeah come to <laughs> christ give your heart to the lord then you know that you're chosen um i think sometimes we complicate it so much to where people are going well how do i know that i'm chosen well give your heart to the lord then you know that you're chosen um you know that you belong to him he he's given you the invitation and come to him. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And all of us fall into that category of whosoever, right? And yeah. so just give them the simple gospel. You know, if you want to know if you're chosen, then give your life to the Lord. And I used to sometimes I think people struggle with, Why am I chosen? Why would God choose me? I don't struggle with that anymore. I just rejoice in it. I don't he he loves us. Because he chose us because of his love, even as he told the children of Israel, I didn't choose you because you're worthy and and such a mighty nation and great in numbers. He said, you're a stiff-necked people. I chose you because of my love. And he chose you and me because of his love. And just respond to it and rejoice in it, that he would draw us by his Holy Spirit to himself and that he saved us. And, um, And that's how I answer that. You know, don't, don't, you know, struggle with trying to figure out predestination and all that because you will never figure it out. And I think it was A.W. Tozer that said, if God was small enough to have all figured out, he wouldn't be big enough to worship. He's an infinite God, uh, Mm -hmm. all sovereign, all knowing. Just respond to the wonderful invitation of the gospel. Amen?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much.
3: Father, I pray for Stephanie's friend that she would just come and respond to the gospel message that that you sent your son to die for her and loves her, and the invitation is to come. Even as Jesus stood on a hillside and said, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. Come, learn of me, yoke yourself to me." That she would just come and receive your love and and surrender her heart to you, and um and just rejoice in that in Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, thank you, appreciate it, Stephanie. Thank you. God bless very much. you. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Text line 720-336-0897 got a couple open lines right now. In the meantime, we're going to go to Parker to Andrea or Andrea. Yeah. Hello? <laughs>
1: Hi. Is it And? An,
3: and Yeah, Andrea? Yes,
1: Andrea.
3: How are you? Thank you for calling.
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for taking my call. And so my question is, in regards to believers, uh, do you believe in the rapture of the church before the seven years uh, begin, or do you believe we'll live through that?
3: I believe, you know, as Paul talks about the rapture of the church, um, and in my studies I believe that the rapture of the church. Is going to take place before the seven-year tribulation period. There's there's a, there's a couple main reasons why that you might want to look at, because I think everybody has to come up with their own conclusion as they read the Scriptures. Just read the Bible. But number one, you see the doctrine of imminent return in the Scriptures. Even as in the book of, of Philippians, Paul uh, was talking to them about you know, laboring for them, that when the day of Christ comes, uh, that you'll respond to what I am saying to you, that I don't labor in vain. They were looking for the day of Christ as the rapture of the church. He would say that the Lord is at hand. We know that Jesus would say um, that I come at a time where you least expect. I Come at an hour do you do not know. That's repeated by the Lord. So we see the doctrine of imminent return. uh in revelation chapter 3 the promise given to the church of philadelphia is that i will take you out of and away from the hour of tribulation that will come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth and and i i believe that what we see there is that he says i'm going to take you out of and away from the hour of tribulation is how the greek reads he didn't say i'll take you through the tribulation period but i'll take you out of the tribulation period um there's other reasons as well, but I believe that the church will be taken out of the tribulation period. Um, we won't be there. We'll be hidden away. Um, and then, the, of course, um, the Jews will go through the tribulation period, as as you were making mention of, uh, and then the second coming of Jesus Christ. But the imminent return of uh, that we see in the Scriptures, that he returns at a time you do not know, the promise he'll take us out and away from the hour of tribulation, and um, I think also there's there's other good um, reasons why we can look and see why you know the church isn't mentioned in Revelations chapter six through nineteen of the book of Revelation, which is the tribulation period. The tribulation saints are mentioned, but not the church, and so I believe we'll be will be taken out of and away from the hour of tribulation. Um, that the rapture can come at any time. The rapture is is a signless event. In other words, Jesus, he said, here are the signs of my coming. But when it comes to, to the rapture of the church, there's no signs. Um, and the rapture of the church can happen at any moment. And that's what Jesus tells us, to keep watching, to keep waiting, to be sober, uh, to be vigilant. Um, we see that all throughout the New Testament. Awesome. Praise God.
1: Thank you so much for that.
3: You're welcome. God bless you. Appreciate you calling. God
1: bless. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Got all open lines right now. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. love to talk to you. And uh, there's a text question that came in. It said, where are we at on the prophetic calendar? Are we in the tribulation period? And we are not in the tribulation period. Here's the thing to keep in mind. Uh, we always got to keep everything in context as we go through the scriptures But the bible is very clear daniel chapter 9 verse 27 that the 70th week of daniel which is the tribulation period a week is a seven-year period begins with the antichrist that world leader that will come on the scene and he will um come on the scene he will make a covenant with israel for one week uh, and that is going to be the beginning of the tribulation period The rider on the white horse in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, the breaking of the first seal, that is the Antichrist that comes on the scene, conquering unto conquer. He's going to come on the scene, be a world leader. He will be an economic leader. He will be a military leader. He'll be a political leader. And then he will be a religious leader because halfway through the tribulation period is the abomination of desolation that Daniel chapter 9 speaks of. That Paul writes about in Second Thessalonians chapter two, when he goes into the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, and then he will proclaim himself as God to be worshipped as God in the temple of God, is what Paul writes. He will proclaim himself as being God because Antichrist means not just against Christ but it means instead of Christ. He will command the world to worship him. And anyone who does not take the mark of the beast will not be able to buy or sell. So we are not in the tribulation period. And I know that there are some um, that say, well, we're in the tribulation period. There's even some that say that we're in the millennium reign um, of of Christ. We're not in the millennium reign, and we're not in the tribulation period. We're still in that the church age, um, and the tribulation will not begin until the Antichrist rises up on the scene, uh, another reason that uh, even as Andrea was asking about the, the um, you know rapture of the church and is it before the tribulation period, I believe another reason uh, why uh, that the church is going to be raptured because we're a restraining factor, and Paul writes about that in Second Thessalonians chapter two uh, as he would say, let me get to it, um, as he talks about the Antichrist. Um, He talks about the day of the Lord. He says, "...for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming." And the coming of the lawless one that is the antichrist is according to the working of satan with all power signs and line wonders so we're a restraining factor i believe that he who is now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way that is speaking of the church that we are restraining and can you imagine i mean things are bad right now uh it, it is so um as we see that it's true what jesus said that lawlessness will bound one of the signs Uh, We grieve. We grieve what we, uh, as we hear what happened in Memphis, our our hearts break. Continue to pray for for Memphis. Pray for those who have suffered loss. When we hear about the things, the upheaval, the war in Europe, Ukraine and Russia, uh, the things that are taking place, uh, we grieve over that. But can you imagine what this world would be like if there wasn't any Christians? And that's why it's so important that we be praying. We're praying for our communities. We're praying for our nation. Um, and we do say, Lord, come quickly. But when the church is removed, then lawlessness is going to abound very, very quickly. And the Antichrist is going to be able to come up on the scene. So that's another reason why I believe that, um, that we are going to be... Um, you know, taken before the tribulation period. It's going to be an awful time when those signs that are spoken of of Jesus are going to culminate in that period uh, that will culminate to the the coming of Jesus Christ to establish his kingdom, and I can't wait. And then at the second coming of Jesus Christ, we will come back with him. So, hey, let's go to Matt in Denver. Hey, Matt. how's it going? Good, how are you?
0: I am well. Just had a quick question. I know you guys had answered it once before.
3: You there? Right. Matt, did I—you there?
0: Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me?
3: Yeah, I, I lost you there for a second. Go yeah, ahead. I'm
0: going through a dead zone. So the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, why is it put together that way when it's not the order of events?
3: What do you mean the order of events?
0: Like, I know, you're supposed to read like John first, then Mark, then Matthew, then Luke, or however the order is supposed to be. Because when I've read the New Testament, I get through like the second book, I'm like, wait a minute, here, it's it's not in the right place.
3: Well, I think that you have you have the Synoptic Gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and there was a purpose for Matthew writing it that was to the Jews. Uh, And there's a lot of quotes from the Old Testament to show them that Jesus is the Messiah. Mark is uh, written by John Mark. That's Peter's uh, version, it is believed. Um, And then you have Dr. Luke who wrote uh, to kind of the—Mark is to show that Jesus is the uh, servant of all. Uh, Luke writes his gospel to show that Jesus is the perfect man because— Luke was Gentile. He was not one of the disciples. A lot of people think that he was, but Dr. Luke uh, was Gentile. Uh, He also would be the author of the book of Acts. He writes to show that Jesus was the perfect man. So there's a reason why, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John's gospel, which I believe was the last of the gospels to be written, um, he shows that Jesus is deity so, when I read the Gospels, you know we can read Matthew and we can see that Jesus, yeah, of course he's deity he he's the perfect man, but there's there's an emphasis to the Jewish reader, and that's why there's a lot of quote from the Old Testament uh, to show that Jesus fulfilled all of those uh prophecies and, and mark that he's the servant animal uh or the servant um, it, it, and uh the servant of all. Um, and you kind of see the symbols, the ox, the servant animal uh, used in Mark's gospel, and then also Luke, the perfect man. Um, so I don't think it's out of order. And I'll I'll tell you something interesting, Matt, that you can look at. When you look at Numbers chapter 2, when the children of Israel went out into the wilderness, they would go out in order. And as they went out in order, it's interesting that there was the standard flag On the east side, that would include, um, you know, Judah and the other two tribes. And Judah is the line of the tribe of Judah. Matthew uh, shows that Jesus is the King of Kings. Even as, and it is believed that rabbis taught for centuries that on the standard, what they carried was the line, which is the the King of all, you know beast. And so it symbolizes that Jesus is the king of kings. Then on the south side, the standard flag was an uh, ox. That's Mark, the servant animal. On the east side, uh, there was um, the uh, picture of a man on the standard. And then on the north side, Dan, the standard flag, there was an eagle, which always represents deity. And you can go to Revelation chapter 4 And as you read about the four living creatures, it's interesting before the throne that the first creature was like a lion, the second like a calf, that is like an ox, the third like the face of a man, and the fourth like a flying eagle. It speaks of that Jesus is the king of kings. It speaks that he's the perfect uh, servant. It speaks that he's the perfect man and it speaks that he is deity. So I don't think it's out of order. I think that we see that harmonious message all throughout the Scriptures, numbers, the Gospels, the book of Revelation.
0: Gotcha. Uh, it gives me some more insight on it for sure. I'll have to reread them, make yeah. it kind of put together. I appreciate you. Yeah,
3: abs- You bet. God bless you. Thanks for calling.
0: You bet. Have a good day.
3: You too. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show, 303, I, I think, you know, uh I don't know if we can get another call in, uh, but let me go if we got text line, anything in the text line. Uh, but the scriptures are just one harmonious. Uh, it really is a, a fascinating study to look at that um, when you see the numbers, the standard flags. Uh, that they had the picture of the lion. You go to the Gospels; Jesus is the King of all kings, and the lion is, you know, the King of the beasts. And then you go to the Book of Revelation; those four living creatures, that um, the face of one was like a lion. It's all one harmonious message. And when the children of Israel remembered that it was Jesus that said to the religious leaders, "That you search the Scriptures, and in them you think you have eternal life, but they testify of Me." And as the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, they really were testifying of Jesus in their order that they would set up their camp and march through the wilderness and the standard flags they were testifying uh, they were pointing to the fact that Jesus is the king of all kings he is this servant of all he is the perfect man and he's deity he's divine uh, with that standard flag of an eagle and we know that as you look at the tabernacle all those things point to Jesus fulfilled by Jesus all you know speaks of Jesus and it's wonderful to look at scripture in that way um and Jesus as he says that they testify me so it's wonderful to just keep looking to the scriptures and uh keep looking to um you know uh, God's word you can never exhaust it again as uh, we're getting ready to end the show. Uh want to pray for those in Memphis, um, or Nashville, sorry, uh, that the shooting that took place uh, in Tennessee. We want to uh, just remember those um, in Mississippi that lost uh, so much in the tornadoes. Be praying for your communities. Be sure to give a message of hope to others on this Easter season resurrection weekend that jesus is alive Uh, we need him we need his help and we need uh, the lord uh, to comfort our hearts and he is there to comfort them and just to pray for our communities there's so much that is going on and um and we are light in the world and uh, paul said that in the darkness that we're to be light shining in the world as he wrote to the philippian church and i pray that we would do that so god bless you And appreciate everybody that called in today. Have a wonderful evening. I'll be back tomorrow at the same time on Calvary Live. So give me a call. Love to talk to you tomorrow. But in the meantime, God bless you. Have a good evening.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.